G'day, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, focusing on union news, workers' stories and social justice issues. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Radio in Melbourne with the financial support of the Community Radio Federation. We come to you on the Community Radio Network through your local community radio station. On Monday, June the 25th, workers at Laverton Cold Store in Tuganini, a suburb of Melbourne, started 24-hour rolling stoppages after negotiations for their first workplace agreement broke down. We speak to Junior, a delegate with the NUW, the National Union of Workers, for an insight into the dispute. But first, some workers' news. The big news story for workers in Australia this week is the cut to penalty rates. Workers in the hospitality and fast food sectors who work on weekends and public holidays lost 10% from their penalty rates, while retail and pharmacy lost 15% on July the 1st. Sally McManus, Secretary of the ACTU, the Australian Council of Trade Unions, gave a press conference on the Sunday of the penalty rate cuts, giving a good round-up of what the penalty rate cuts mean. Families are struggling with the cost of living, struggling to pay the basic bills, struggling to pay electricity, to pay childcare, to pay all the utility bills. We are going backwards as a country and the last thing we need is for some of our hardest working, lowest paid workers to be uh, dealed out a penalty rate pay cut. This could have been stopped. It could have been stopped by our federal parliament. Malcolm Turnbull and his party have voted seven times to oppose the stopping of these penalty rates pay cuts. And that's just wrong. It's wrong for the economy. The Reserve Bank is saying that Australia needs a pay rise. We need a pay rise for the economy because we're banking on it for the economy to grow. We won't get a pay rise where you have nearly a million workers having their pay cut. It's also bad for small business. In the end, small business... These are small businesses' customers. If working people have less money in their pockets, they have less money to spend in small business in local communities. That is why uh, we're having issues with retail sales. That is why it's hurting the economy. Working people need a pay rise, not a pay cut. It's good, though, for multinationals because we know through research that was done that it's the big hospitality chains, it's the big retail chains that are benefiting from this. And where does that money go? It doesn't circulate in our local economy. It doesn't circulate in our suburbs or our towns or in our capital cities. It goes into offshore bank accounts. We don't even see that money. It's been pocketed. We were also promised that penalty rates pay cuts would lead to more hours and more jobs. Well, there's not more hours and there's not more jobs. That's turned out not to be true, yet unfortunately the big business lobby is pushing for more and more cuts. Right at the moment, uh, beauty, hairdressers and beauty workers are now facing a penalty rate cut as well. Their employers are pushing this through the Fair Work Commission. If we do not change the rules, if we do not do that, we will see workers that rely on penalty rates to make ends meet, like uh, hairdressers, like nurses, like our essential service workers, also have their penalty rates threatened. We must not do this as a country. We're a country of a fair go. 
We need a pay rise. Australia need, Australians need a pay rise, not a pay cut. To put this in perspective, so a senior chef faces, will get a penalty rate pay cut of $1,000 a year. A pharmacist, so a qualified pharmacist, will get a penalty rate pay cut of $1,700 a year. So that is you know, the range of what people are facing in these pay cuts. One of the key claims was that uh, working people would get more hours and when employers said that, they meant additional hours. Well, actually, they're getting additional hours, but only just earn the same amount of money. Other questions? Sally, <coughs> excuse me, what, what roles or what jobs are being affected? So it's a, it's a whole of the retail and the hospitality industry and also the pharmacy industry. So it's three awards that are affected. So, for example, it's people who work in shops, so retail um, outlets. It's uh, people who work in the hospitality industry, so the whole gamut of it. So you would have um, chefs, you would have um, waiters, you would have all the people who do all the jobs in hospitality. Do you think that we could see more jobs created in these areas as, as these come in, these cuts? Or well, this is a key claim of, um, of the employers last time. They were saying, look, we need to have these pay cuts so that uh, people are going to have more jobs. Well, it's turned out not to be true. Actually, um, retail jobs have gone backwards. And the reason why is because people aren't spending money and people aren't spending money because they're not earning money and a whole lot of retail and hospitality workers are earning less money and so if you're earning less money you're not going to spend it in your local business so this is the problem um, with trickle-down economics like this idea that if you give uh, this money instead to the workers you give it to the employers or to the very rich that it's going to come back down for everyone well it doesn't in the case I explained most of it ends up in offshore bank accounts and in the end, there's less money in Australia to be spent by working people in businesses. So um, we don't believe it's true, but not only that, evidence shows, shows it hasn't been true. Mike, I understand that the cuts are brought in by the Fair Work Commission. What do you say about their role and their independence and power to do this? Do you yeah, so the Fair Work Commission um, operates under current laws, and so they've got rules that they've got to follow. And so... We believe those rules need to be changed. We do not believe that it's right that anyone's minimum wages and conditions should be cut and the Fair Work Commission should not be able to do that. Under the current laws, they are able to do that. I do not believe that uh, anyone who made those laws thought it would be possible that they would uh, go about cutting uh, workers' penalty rates, low-paid workers' penalty rates. Um, and so I suppose that means that those laws aren't strong enough and they need to change. Are they looking to the bosses' pay as well, the Fair Work Commission? <laughs> uh, well, the Fair Work Commission has got the job of looking at awards, and the people that are on awards are the lower-paid workers, but actually it's now 25% of Australians. So if the Fair Work Commission was uh, to all of a sudden be given the job of looking into the, the um, pay of CEOs, they would see that CEOs' productivity hasn't increased. They're, um, they haven't been working harder, any harder than they have been, but yet we see their bonuses uh, continue to go up. There's a big discrepancy now in our country and around the world between the top paid person in an organisation and the bottom paid person, and that's just wrong. It's fueling inequality and it's unfair. Can you outline specifically what these current cuts are going to do in terms of dollar per hour? Yeah, so it's a 10% cut to penalty rates on a Sunday and also on public holidays. Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's a 15% cut um, on Friday um, afternoon, so there's a night shift on Fridays. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a little bit more for casuals. Mm -hmm. 
Are full-time and part-time workers affected? They are. Um, these cuts are supposed to go until 2020. Are you able to outline what further cuts we can expect? Yeah, so they um, will continue every year until 2020, not for every award, but until they're all cut at the end of that period of time. So they're meant to taper in, so that's why last year the cut that we saw was a smaller cut. This year it's a higher cut, next year it'll be the same cut, and that will happen right up until um, 2020. So every single year, you know, 700,000 Australians face having, you know, the value of their work drop, have their real pay cut. One response to the penalty rates cuts has been to target those politicians in the federal parliament who supported the cuts. Not only did they support penalty rate cuts, but they also accepted an increase in their own pay scheduled to fall at the same time as the cuts to the lowest paid workers in the country. On the New South Wales South Coast, demonstrators expressed their displeasure at their local member who supported the penalty rate cuts. We've got here some cupcakes. We have some milk duds, which are appropriately named. They're sugar-coated, but they're not much real substance to last through the day, unfortunately. We've got some cupcakes and we've cut 20% or 25% off because you don't really need the penalty rates on top, so let's cut the wages a little bit. We've got Santa, who's... uh, ready to give some presents back to uh, Anne St Marlis and her office. She's known as the Gilmore Gift because she's the gift that keeps giving to young people. She's cut their wages. But the biggest surprise of all is the big present that Anne St Marlis gets today. And that is a $4,500 pay rise. The very day that she's cutting thousands of dollars from her constituents' pay packets, Anne said Marlis gets the biggest gift of all in the region. And she you, gets And do you know Alpha, I was somewhere last night, I don't say exactly where, but the people I was with couldn't even afford to buy themselves a packet of chips for dinner. They had to rely on getting food, you know, stuff like this. And here you've got somebody who supposedly represents them and can't even you know, doesn't want to give that you know, help, the help to, to help these people. But she's know. getting a $4,500 pay well, she can buy a big turkey today to go with the turkey she is. Yeah. Not all businesses have cut penalty rates for their workers. If you want to find a list of businesses who are supporting their workers, you can go to businessesforpenaltyrates.com.au to get a list. That's businesses for, which is a number, penalty rates. You're listening to Stick Together, workers' stories and union news. Broadcast around the country every week on the Community Radio Network. Out in the industrial outskirts of Melbourne, workers at the Laverton Cold Store on Monday, June the 25th, started 24-hour rolling stoppages after negotiations for their first workplace agreement broke down. We were lucky enough to have a word with Junior, a delegate, about what's happening there. So we're currently in the process of doing our first EBA. And, yeah, just... Why why is it taking so long for there to be an EBA? I think in the past... um, I think a long time ago, once when this company was based in Geelong, 
uh, a union try to, I, I think, try to take out, uh, try to come in, and uh, and try to come in and uh, obviously, you know, show the workers uh, what the union was about. I think it failed the first attempt. A lot of it's to do with uh, intimidation, uh, with uh, due to management uh, and harassment. Yeah, like worker, workers frightened that they'd lose their jobs. Yeah, exactly right. Um, so they haven't told us um, directly, but they have warned us that you know anyone partaking in action uh, with NUW or with the with the union will be will be looked at and they you know obviously they said that we're only human and that you know we'll be you know obviously looking at our names and what, what sort of work do you do here junior so i'm a i'm a store person so i drive a rich uh we're in a freezer workplace so and i'm a supervisor as well so we just i basically manage a group of guys at the moment i've been I've been put to day shift under different orders just to do putaways, so no longer giving orders as a supervisor. Uh, maybe due to my my involvement with the NUW, and uh, they're trying to reduce the amount of people you have contact with. Yeah, well, they'll reduce uh, my capacity of work and what they they think that I'm not I'm not capable of being a, a supervisor. Maybe, yeah, but yeah. so forth. As it stands now, my status is still a supervisor. But uh, they've tried to reduce, you know, um, I think maybe even my involvement with other people. But the uh, work itself is actually quite gruelling, isn't it? It's it's cold. It's cold work and uh, it's hard work. Yeah, yeah. We work in minus te- uh, minus 20 temperatures, you know. Uh, and Do they you know, give you special uh, clothing for that? or? Yeah, you do. You do. Um, I can't guarantee that you'll get that if you're an agency or... Uh, coming into the workplace um, I think you once you become full time I think you're able to get more a lot more uh, PPE gear and workwear but um, yeah that is provided and but it is it's not freely handed out it's it's very expensive so and it's also differentiated between those who are there commonly and those who come in to fill in yeah definitely Okay, and so this EBA, they were forced to do an EBA, or uh, what happened? Well, yeah, we, it's it's been a long it's been a long process from start to to now. So obviously we're 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 close to doing an EBA now, and I think we've won the rights to do an, uh, uh, through uh, I think through the Fair Work to to have an EBA. And now, why did that happen? Why did that happen? Was that because of the NUW and workers on site demanding it? Exactly right. So over time, we've established members and we've had members come in. Uh, but unfortunately, members have gone just due to management, harassment, uh, bullying. And then obviously, with the lower, lower pay rates or wage rates, they've looked elsewhere. And so it's been hard to get to accumulate and have members stay long term, especially members, as in NUW members. So, but now it's reached a point where we've had a majority, and we've we've got the the power to actually make a vote. And we went through fair work, and we got granted the 
the right to do an action ballot, protection action ballot, and uh, we were successful. So now we're at this point, and yeah, we're here to say to the to management, or uh, so to say, we said we're not here to muck around. We want what's fair, and we deserve it. You know. What are the issues? So. The issue is obviously is what I've stated is uh, the wage rates, which is a lot lower to other coal storages. Uh, you know. So they're not paying a set rate across coals, coal stores. No, no, there's no set rate. It, it can di- differentiate from coal storage to coal storage, and but what the the point that we're trying to make is that we're a lot lower, we're, if not the lowest, coal storage. Um, wage rate um, compared to all other ones that are in this in this you know in this western suburbs uh, and in, in probably in, in Australia, full stop uh, to say to say that uh, to say the least. But um, yeah, so what we're trying to say is we should get we deserve to get if not the same but probably more because we do a lot of work and um, and obviously um, the management will always say to us that. Uh, there's not enough, uh, not enough to to go around, and not enough to give us a a, a decent wage increase, or there's the budgets. You know, they will never have enough money, and um, yeah. But I I, I seem to think otherwise because I I know that he's grown substantially as his business has grown, and but we've never been included in the budget, and um, yeah, it's just I think the workers have had enough. What are some of the brand names that are being used? Oh, so some of the clients. Clients, yeah. Yeah, so we, we deal with um, a whole different... Um, th- there's quite a lot of clients, actually, that we have that come through here. Um, some of them are uh, Midfield, uh, Wagstaff, say Turi. Um, we got we got Fru, we got Woodward, which is a number of different clients. But but, but big paying clients, basically. Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. what we're talking about. Like, it's a big place we're talking Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're talking about... These are the clients that, these are the bread and butter for the company, yeah. guaranteed. Like, um, and so the first three that I mentioned, obviously the main clients, um, and these these clients have. Uh, so what you're really saying is that you don't think they're on Struggle Street. No, no, <laughs> definitely not. You know, I mean, if he was, uh, if he was struggling to make ends meet, uh, I don't think he'll be in this type of business. Uh, so I was hearing uh, what I found a bit appalling, actually. Uh, this thing about a discretionary bonus. Yeah. Can you tell me about that? So this is a discretionary bonus, which the management, uh, when you sign on, uh, you get it. They advertise for the wages to be a lot more when you actually apply for the job, but then little to people's knowledge when you actually come in and actually see what you actually get full time. Your base rate. It's quite lower than what you what you than they advertised. Yeah, because it's actually at twenty dollars and fifty cents, and but your discretionary bonus is at three dollars thirty, or for any normal employees like labourer, for management, for myself, it's I think it's close to eight dollars, which is a bonus. They're at per hour, per hour, which is on top, which is at manager's discretion. Now, mind you, with this. With this bonus, it's only paid for the normal eight hours that you're rusted, yeah? Because after, you, say if you we happen to go into overtime, which we... 
it's common. Yeah, it's common. It's very common, right? Uh, so you do not get that added onto your. You don't get the penalty rates on this bonus. And do you get penalty rates for overtime? Yeah, but only on your base rate, ah. which is at twenty dollars and fifty cents. Or if you happen to be a manager or such liveriser like myself, um, you're pro- I'm on twenty one forty one, which is so. So now you're actually taking industrial action during this first EBA. Why has it come to this? The people have just had enough. Um, it's come to this point, not only by just harassment from management itself, and um, but it's it's not only is it a wage increase it's it's really to do with the attitude of management because people have just had enough and uh they just you know rally together we ha- we've 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 spoken to management on a numerous occasions to try and settle without involving any union at all and i've actually spoken to him personally and to no avail so and so what they're hoping things will just go back to the way it was before yeah pretty pretty much and and um and the whole the whole point of the thing is i think they just love control the control of people so obviously with a union that control is now fair it's neither in their hands completely more balanced yeah and it's just balanced and that's what we need in this workplace i mean you're not actually you're not actually trying to do anything except to get have a fair go yeah, now that's exactly right. Because I'm on a lot higher rate than most of these, most of my co- you know my colleagues. So, you know, in saying that, I mean, I know I was on a higher rate with the with the bonus eight dollar bonus, which is supervisor or slash leading hand. But um, at the same time, I see that it's so unfair for the other workers that, you know, we need a, uh, we just wanted to be fair across the board. And we want it to be a set bonus or a set wage for everyone. And it should be equal. Obviously, I know that management do get a lot more or maybe a little bit more. And that, and so they should. But, but that's not the issue really, is it? No, it's not no, the no. issue. And, and, and the other thing is that uh, this is the first time you've been, you're getting an EBA, but it's also the first time a lot of people have had anything to do with withdrawing their labour too, isn't it? Oh, yeah. 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 So it's the first time, and but it was a big. But everybody practically agreed that this was the way to go. Yeah, well, the majority, as you see now, we've got the support from at least, for I can say at least fifty percent of the workforce, if not more. But um, yeah, and it's come to this point, and at the same time, we're all scared, you know, because we're out of work, yeah, and so we all we're all family members, and um, we all have you know families and to to look after and so if i was to say that we're not scared that i'll be lying because they're all scared and i in actual fact i'm scared for them too and so it's really crucial that we do get what we want and the result that we that that we deserve now we're not asking to be rich by all means yeah so we're just asking for what's fair now the other thing is you want support from other people you want people to come to the gate and support you yeah, most definitely. It's uh, we've had a lot of support already um, from neighbouring coal storages, you know, delegates, or so forth, and and it's 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 so uplifting, even for the uh, for most of my colleagues. It's it's a 
it really it really puts in perspective what what we can achieve and when we are united and when there is a union and an eba set in place where you can we can build on um i'm just hoping that in the future we can be like our neighboring coal storages and maybe a place that people want to come and work with and work you know and and come to you know because uh, at the moment when you mention Lavender and coal storage where I'm working at the moment it's like oh no not that warehouse no way yeah and uh, they're like no the lowest paid management sucks and um, they just think nah no yeah that's not for me but I said to management alike I said maybe a union would only I know what they might think is they might occur more costs I, I, I beg to differ I, I think a union in a workplace creates stability in the workplace, creates an environment-friendly workplace where people know they can be treated uh, fairly. And with respect. And with respect, which they need, which they deserve. Everyone does. And um, who wants to come to a workplace or come to work every day and be harassed, you know, or not knowing whether, oh, am I going to get yelled at today or am I going to lose my job? And for some of these, my colleagues, uh, which are really scared to, to voice their own opinion and those that have gone in the past. This is why I'm so passionate about getting this EBA um, settled and getting what we, what, we, what we deserve because we just want it to be a safe working environment, full stop. And it should be in all, in all places. Um, yeah, because uh, we live in a very good country and a country that you know, equality should be with everyone, and it, it, it and it should be fair across the board. And I'm not too sure what management have in process or what they have to counter whatever we're trying to do. But in all honesty, all they need to do is come to the table, come with an EBA, you know, before us that we've put in front of them, that we think is fair, and they should just sign it, and uh, and just hopefully. Once all this blows over, I hope their attitude really does change, because in in the end, when we after all this EBA or this whatever's done, we all want to go back to work, and we don't want to go back to work where management uh, are breathing down our throats or maybe you know have a bad taste in their mouth because of what we've done. I hopefully they just see the bigger picture that hey, enough's enough, and uh, you know start treating us with respect and. Um, We'll give the same back, most definitely, you know. Thanks very much. Yeah, thank yeah. you. That's it for Stick Together today. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks to Sally McManus and Junior for being part of the program today. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Studios in Melbourne, broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. The podcast is available at 3cr.org.au. And you can contact the producers of the show at sticktogether3cr at gmail.com or by calling 03-9419-8377 and leaving us a message. Remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, there's a union for you. My name's Annie McLaughlin. Until next time, stick together.